You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I created this podcast along with everything I do at yourparentingmentor.com to support and inspire you to be the best parent you can be. I know for a fact and from experience that parenting was never meant to be done alone. From conception to preschool, my mission is to give you the tools, strategies, and knowledge to embrace and elevate your parenting experience. I'm dedicated to supporting, inspiring, and guiding you to nurture your child's immense potential with as much joy and ease as humanly possible. Make sure to take time to check out all of the resources I have gathered for you in the show notes, as well as on my website, yourparentingmentor.com. And be sure to get on my email list so you do not miss a single episode and other products and events I curate specifically for you. And please do not hesitate to reach out if you have any questions, concerns, or feedback. A warm welcome to you and thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel, and today I have Victoria Shaw, who is an intuitive counselor and spiritual guide, and I am very excited to have this conversation. So welcome, Victoria, to The Art of Parenting. Thank you so much. I'm excited to have this conversation, too. Yes, and especially we just found out we were neighbors, so that's pretty cool. I know. That's always, that's always a good surprise. And I'm a I'm a recent uh, relocator to San Diego, so I always love meeting my neighbors. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, so I always like to get started with asking my guests what their definition of the art of parenting is. Oh, that's such a good question. Let me tune into that. I think for me, the art of parenting is being attuned to your child. and what I mean by that is not so much attuned to them on the human level, though that's important too. We want to we wanna feel into, you know, be aware of what they're feeling, what they're needing, what they're perceiving, what their perspective is. But I also mean being attuned to them on that higher level because I take a very spiritual perspective to these things and I believe that, you know, we're all spiritual beings having this human experience. And when we can connect with our kids simultaneously on the human and the soul level, I think that's when the magic really happens. And I think too that that's what every child and probably every parent too, really, 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 if they were able to get down to it, that's what we really, really all want and crave and, you know, to some extent need and, and deserve. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. Yes. And uh, before we get involved in our conversation, I'd love if you could share with our guest a little bit about your background and how you came to do the work you're doing today. Ooh, great question. Um, so my background, my my first my first gig was um, as an Ivy League trained psychologist. So I was fascinated by um, how people reason, how they remember things, how they understand the world, and that led me to get a PhD in psychology. And then I went on to get a postdoc or do my postdoctoral research in developmental and educational psychology. So looking at how things like our reasoning and our sense of self. Um, and the way that we understand the world develops. And then um, I kind of got to the end of that journey and I realized my passion was gone. I had been very passionate, very excited, very driven, but the world of research just didn't do it for me. And I didn't get to answer, I think I recognize now, the big questions that I realize now were spiritual questions 
um, because academia didn't didn't talk about spirituality, and I didn't even know it was a thing. So, but I did know I didn't love doing research enough to continue at that level. So I took some time off and I started uh, my family and it was through that experience of parenting that everything changed for me because I found right away that being a parent uh, brought up all of my, my own unresolved things about having been parented and, you know, all that childhood stuff came up for me and I wasn't showing up as the kind of parent that I really wanted to be. And, you know, being a parent was so important to me as it, I think it is to everyone, right? And I so wanted to support my kiddos. And so that was really the impetus for my whole spiritual and personal development journey was becoming the best mom I could be so that I could really, truly support my kids the way I knew that they deserved and needed to be supported. And, you know, probably in a different way than I was parented, though it took me many moons to, to figure all that stuff and sort through all of that. So in that journey, I had a really out-of-the-box pediatrician, and um, he just started expanding my understanding of some of the modalities that are available to us in our healing journey. And he started sending me to acupuncturists, which was kind of weird, and then, you know, uh, osteopath, and then uh, medical intuitive, and then, you know, an energy healer. And over time, I started to realize that these, these folks were really onto something and that I was getting better and that my kids were getting better. And I still had this feeling within me that I was supposed to be doing something and I didn't know what it was, but I knew there was something I was supposed to be doing. And, you know, all of these wonderful people kept coming back and saying, you know, Victoria, you're so intuitive. You're so intuitive. What are you going to do with it? And, and finally, you know, maybe eight years in, um, I got the memo. I got the memo and I went back and I sort of devoted myself for a year or two to really um, deepening my meditation practice, really awakening my intuition. And it was from that moment that everything in my life changed and it changed for the better and it was profound. And ever since then, it, I mean, my life just keeps improving. It keeps getting better. It keeps getting more magical. And the work that I do now is to help other people, you know, use their inner wisdom um, so they can get there too. Beautiful. I love that. And I love that it is, it sounds like it was through your parenting experience that this was kind of all awakened. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Children have a tendency to do that to us. <laughs> they can. They can. And I think we either sort of retreat from the personal development role when our kids trigger us, and they always do, or, you know, we make that commitment to really grow through this experience of parenting. And I chose option B. And I, I'm glad and I wouldn't have it any other way. Beautiful, beautiful. And I love your pediatrician. My goodness, what a fabulous person to to meet. Um, because I don't know as if that is true for the majority of medically trained people, right? Just like you and your research, there wasn't talk of spirituality, and so forth. So I love that, you know, was thinking outside the box. And, and that's very important. We need we need more of people like that, for sure. So, so being this, you know, intuitive psychologist, I, I, I would say, like, well, what is your definition of, of your role? How do you call yourself? So I call myself an intuitive counselor because... Intuitive counselor. Yeah. yeah, because there's a little more to my story. After my intuition opened up for me and I started to... So what happened for me is when I started to connect with my intuition, and we all have these abilities, but for some of us, they're really, really loud and really, really strong. And I was one of those people. So, so my gifts border on what people would call psychic. 
I mean, I just know things. And again, we all have these abilities. Don't let anyone tell you that it's a special gift that some people have and other people don't. We can all develop them. Uh, But for me, it was very loud and very strong, especially when I started listening to it. So one of the things that came through is I would immediately know things about people. Like, you know, things like, you know, this when th- when you were 12 and this thing happened to you, that's what's coming up for you now. Stuff like that. And I started to feel like I was doing counseling without a license and, you know, since I was already a psychologist, that didn't that didn't feel right to me. I don't know if I'd make the same choice now, but um so I went back for more education. I also have a master's in counseling. So The work that I do now combines all of that training I have with intuitive guidance, which for me is the gold. Because again, when you're tapped into your intuition, you are connecting with your soul or your higher self or your deeper knowing. And for me, that's where all the good stuff comes from. Everything else is just noise. And we can learn to use that noise to our favor. Like you can use, learn to use your mind as a tool. Um, but most of us, the mind uses us. We're the tool of our mind and that's backwards. And when we learn to leverage the power of our intuition, our inner knowing, then again, everything changes. And that's what I do. And that's what I help my clients to do. Beautiful. And so if we were to maybe th- those who are listening, who are wanting to kind of, you know, tune into that intuition, wh- how would you, you know, what, what would you say to, to help them or to, to trust their intuition? I think that that's, I think to me, that's the biggest one is, is I know the parents that I work with, I'm always telling them, you know, follow your intuition, like you know your child better than anybody and so forth. But sometimes we want maybe a how-to. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So so what would be what would be kind of your suggestions as to to start tuning in, to start really listening to that very strong inner knowing as you call it. Yeah. Well, first thing is we have to know what our intuition is and what our intuition is not. And you know, that can be really tricky. And, you know, in the academic world, they call intuition sort of your, you know, that's your dumb mind. That's just all that unconscious stuff that you've kind of picked up. It's not your real thinking. You know, it's our, your stereotypes and your heuristics. And and that's not what I mean when I talk about intuition. Right. No, that's not my definition. Yeah. yeah for intuition is that deep knowing that you have, right, that has nothing to do with what you know with your mind and is always right. It's always right. Now, we don't always hear it right, but when we are hearing it, it never steers us wrong. And so, you know, that's the first thing. You have to kind of know what you're working with. And then, you know, a lot of things get in the way of our intuition. Like if you have a strong attachment, if I, you know, if I really want something to be a certain way, you know, it's harder to hear my intuition on it. Sometimes, you know, I've had parents come to me, I'm so sure everything's going to work out. I'm so sure. I'm so sure. You know, my intuition is telling me and I'm like, "Eh, it's not your intuition. And look, everything is going to work out because our natural resting state as a soul is a perfect state of well-being. So even if it's not going to go the way you think it is, it's still going to be fine. But you say know, it loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> but the mind is is a, it can be a lot of noise. So so the, the the three steps that I use to teach people to tap into their intuition more is number one, you know, know how it's working for you already because it is, and that's a little bit of paying attention and then a little bit of trial and error. So you start to notice. You start to notice those times in the present, in the past, when you knew something and you didn't know how you knew it, but it was right. And you start to pay attention to, well, how, how did I know that? How did it, 
how did it come to me? Was it a feeling in my body? Was it a wise voice in my head? Was it, you know, just a deep sense of knowing? Because we all get our intuition in different ways through different channels. So you start to notice what's already happening for you. And this does two things. One, it helps you know what your intuition feels like so that you can identify it. And two, because of what the law of attraction, which is a whole nother conversation, what we focus on grows. So the more that you pay attention to your intuition, the more you invite it into your life. So that's step number one. Notice how it's already working for you. Pay attention. And I sometimes invite people even to journal on all the ways in which, you know, all those times when they knew something and they didn't know how they knew it and it was right. And sometimes the best examples of this are the times when you knew something and you didn't listen and you really wish that you did listen because, you know, it turned out that nudge was right and you maybe went in a direction that didn't feel as good as the one that would have, you know, you would have taken if you had listened. And those are my favorite examples because those are the moments when you know for sure that your intuition is working. And then the second step is, again, to learn to discern between the mind and your intuition. If you have a very strong attachment to the outcome, if you need this to be true, I would be skeptical. If it's very loud, if it's very like, if it's unkind, it's your mind, it's not your intuition. Your inner wisdom comes from your soul, from your spirit, from your higher self, which is bathed in a state of constant love and acceptance and well-being and yumminess. And so if the voice in your head is telling you, you know, what a bad job you're doing as a parent or even what a bad job your child is doing or anything that has a strong negative tinge to it, it's not your intuition. And so, you know, the messages from our guidance are always very, very positive. It may not always be what we want to hear. So sometimes, you know, our mind may come in and, and, and not like it so much or have some disappointment or some confusion, but the uh, actual messages themselves are always emotionally neutral, loving, and, and positive. So that's sort of step two is to start to learn how it's speaking to you and learn to know the difference between your mind and your intuition. And again, this is a lot of trial and error. We know these basic tools like that. It's usually calm. It's usually quiet. Um, you usually don't have such a strong vested interest in whether it's true or not. Um, it's often surprising and it's always loving. I, I, and, I, and I have to say, I love the fact that you're, you're just saying that over and over again. It's always loving. Like it, it has your back. It's not going to steer you, you know, the wrong way. Like that's so, so true. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we follow a nudge and it doesn't, I mean, it's very rare, but occasionally we follow a nudge and it doesn't get us to where we think we want to go. We're still heading in the right direction. It's not necessarily a bad nudge, you know, like, um, but, you know, because just some experiences, you know, and, and also, you know, I will tell you what your intuition will tell you is it will tell you what is the most aligned choice or truth in the now. Because your intuition comes from your spirit, your soul, which exists in a state of timelessness, right? And so we actually exist without time in an ever-present now. But, you know, we have these beautiful brains that help create time for us. And, and that that, you know, helps me show up, for example, on this interview in time, which was a good thing to do. But 
But in your pure state, there is no time. So your intuition is always telling you what's true in the now. And the now is a moving target. So again, we have to listen really closely and we have to keep listening because, you know, as we take one step forward, our intuition and everything is going to recalibrate and the next step might take us in a very different direction. And that doesn't necessarily mean we've done anything wrong or our guidance was wrong. It just means that we have to keep plugging in and tuning back into the now, which is a good parenting hack anyway, because Definitely. it keeps us really present with ourselves and with our children. And then the third step to connecting with your intuition is learning to trust it. You have to learn to trust it. You have to set that intention to trust your intuition. And again, you know, I often say like, you know, you don't always necessarily have to, you know, buy that lottery ticket based on a hunch. You want to, you want to be mindful and you want to, um, you know, although, you know, you do hear stories of people that really, really know in a deep sense and they do crazy things and they work out, but you don't have to. You can start really small, but it's about starting to listen and trust and follow because that's how we build up that feedback. So it can be little things like, you know, what do I feel like making for dinner today? Or, um, you know, sometimes I say, you know, go to a bookstore if those still exist for you or the grocery store and feel like where you feel pulled and, you know, just let yourself, you know, wander around and you may like discover like a new book or a new product or these are like really simple, gentle ways to start to listen more deeply to our intuition. And then, you know, you have to trust it. You have to take those little steps or at least listen, even if you just fold the page over and say, I feel like my intuition is telling me this. I'm not really willing to make this choice yet or to follow it. I'm still a little skeptical. I'm still a little unsure, but I'm I'm starting to listen. Even that is enough to sort of open that channel for you. Beautiful. Because I, I would imagine, like you say, it's a it's a muscle that we work on if we constantly tell it that we don't want to listen to it or that it's wrong. It, it would I would think that it would disappear. Would that would that be well, right? It'll never go away because you know, you're always a soul having human experience and your intuition is working for you 24-7, whether you're acknowledging it or not. And a lot of times we don't know why we do things. So a lot of times we're actually being guided by our intuition and we don't even know it. Our mind will take credit and say like, oh, I did this because of so-and-so or because of this or that when really our intuition guided us there. And so I often say, pay attention to the things that are working really well in your life. Uh, your mind is taking credit, but your intuition is what's guiding you every single time. The mind is the noise. You can explain after the fact why you know it thinks you got where you went. But if all the magical things that happen in our life are soul-guided and your intuition is guiding you there all the time. So it's happening. We just have to tune into it. But yeah, most of us shut it down. So we create a lot of interference. We create a lot of noise. It makes us. It makes it harder for our guidance to get through to us and it makes it harder for us to listen. So we take a less direct path a lot of times to getting where, to where we want to go because we're not listening deeply enough and following, you know, the path that um, would be the most direct route. So yeah, as we learn to listen more, we we are more aligned and we just get there faster and more easily. Yes. And I am assuming, and this is an assumption that you were not raised with this notion of follow your intuition. Yeah. And most of us weren't. Right. So, so, so I guess my question around that is how can we ensure that we respect and really support our children 
is intuition because I, I, I know that children are extremely intuitive. They're, they're very much in the now, especially the young children. They will tell you like it is. And they will, I mean, I remember my daughter telling me the feeling she had about, you know, somebody that walked in the room or, or something like they're, they're very in tune. But as we, you know, mature or immature, we, we kind of lose touch with that and we're not in tune, like you're, you're teaching us to be. So how can we make sure to protect our children's gifts? I love that question. And it's one of the most important things that I love to teach and share about. Uh, number one, every child is born highly intuitive. You were born highly intuitive. I was born highly intuitive. Most people shut it down. Um, because early on, like you said, they, you know, they come, they have a hunch, they have a feeling, they know something and someone looks them in the eye, often a parent and says, how do you know that? You can't know that. And they shut it down. They shut it down because they have been taught, oh, this is not valuable. This is not valuable. This is not acceptable. This is not okay. This is, you know, this is not a thing I get to do. And so that's when most of us lose connection. So, you know, what you can do first and foremost is to listen to your child, to validate that for that them, to be curious, to, you know, rather than just saying, how do you know that? Tell me more about that. Wow, that's really interesting. Like, you know, where do you feel that in your body? So we can start to be really curious. We can start to tune in more and we can start to validate their experiences by tuning in and listening and taking them seriously. And the other thing we can do is model it for them because kids learn most by watching us. So if you are, you know, tuning into your guidance and you are showing them that you are still doing that, it invites them to follow along and do it too. Beautiful. Yeah. For, for me, it is so like, it is such a gift that we all have, like you said at the beginning, like we're all born with it, but you know, some of us are, I guess, supported or, or, you know, there's somebody that's telling us like, you have a gift, continue using it. And then others who simply shut it down because of, like you say, family or society or whatever. And then we have, you know, a lot of work to do to, to, to bring it back online, because as you said, it's always with us. Yeah. It's always there. You just have to see it. You have to pay attention to where it's already working. Right. And so when you do your your counseling with parents, because I know you have one of your kind of your service is this intuitive parenting. What are kind of the, the things that parent come to you for and how do you help them uh, with your intuitive counseling? Oh, great question. So Parents come to me for all the same kind of reasons that they would come to a counselor or a parent consultant. You know, they're struggling with their kid's behavior. They're worried about their child. Their child is struggling and they want to know how to support them. Um, they're getting triggered by their child. That's a really common thing that we don't talk about enough. But when you are a parent, you really have more than just you and your child in the room, right? You have you, you have your child, you have your inner child, right? So that's all that stuff from your own childhood that maybe, you know, your own little triggers, your own little buttons, parts of you that maybe weren't 100%, you know, seen, heard, and validated by your own parenting. And even if you had the best parents in the world, I promise you they were human and they didn't get it 100% right. And you won't either, but that's okay. Um, so we have our inner child. And then we also have our internalized parent. So we we have the parent that we want to be, but then we have the parent that we had. So we have all these facets to the relationship, right? And so sometimes, you know, we're not super present. We're not super present. So when I do an intuitive 
uh, coaching session, what I'm helping you do is tap back into your soul, your spirit, your higher self, your innate wisdom so that you can sort through all these pieces so that you can heal and soothe your own inner child and also separate that from the needs of your child. And that you can start to say, oh, you know, that's the inner parent, but what kind of parent do I want to be? Just because my parent was very, you know, took it very personally when I didn't listen to them. Like maybe I can, you know, be a little softer with my kid. Maybe I don't need to get into a power struggle with my child. Maybe I can, you know, understand their perspective and still have boundaries with them. Right. So that intuitive piece really keeps us present and parenting from that soul lens, which helps everything else fall into place. And then the other thing that I can do, which is so helpful, is, you know, we're all going to see our child through our very own lens, right? And I, and I talked a little bit about the different lenses that you're seeing it from, right? Your own conditioning, your own wounding, which we all have, like your own societal, like this is good, this is bad. You know, we're all going to see other people through our own lens and that is as it should be. But what your child wants and what your inner child wants too, but what your child wants first and foremost is to be seen as the beautiful soul that they are. And as parents, you know, we we can get there some of the time, but we all have those places where we're not seeing clearly. And so a lot of times what I can do is I can reconnect the parent and child on that level. I can help them to really understand what's what's your child's life path here? What is what's your child's perspective? You know, and what specifically do they need? from you to support them on their journey. Because that's a very different thing than, you know, trying to figure out how to get our child to do what we think that they should do, right? Right, Which has been taught to do. Um, So I can help reconnect, you know, parents to their child's soul journey. And in so doing it, it reconnects them to their own as well. And that was the experience that I had in my own healing and growth. Beautiful. And this this process, is it somewhat like a in a hypnotic state for the parent or it's just it's it's conversation do you do you get yourself in a I mean I I would imagine that you get yourself in more of a state of being completely open to receiving information or I don't know I'm I'm intrigued as as the process I I just know a little bit about theta healing Uh uh-huh uh which is you know I, I I don't know if you know a little bit about it but it's it's really about putting ourselves in a state of receiving information from from a higher self from from the universe whatever we want to call it is that is that the the same approach well i'm not trained in theta healing okay but i'll tell you what happens for me and what happens to my clients or for my clients when we work together is when i'm tuning into my intuition and and i can tune into my intuition at will so i don't i personally don't need to go into an altered state um but well you know you go in and out of an altered state all the time for all sorts there's all sorts of anxieties in altered state right what I do is my intuition, like everyone's, is you know you get into that super conscious, super present state. It happens naturally. I set the intention to do so before a session. So I definitely go in deeper with the session because I'm completely focused on hearing the guidance from my clients, um, which is not something I'm doing if I'm you know in the grocery store, right? So it's a little bit different there. But I get really present. I tune in. I set a little. I say a little prayer to set the intention. I tune into the wisdom and guidance that wants to come through for my client. And often I find that just naturally and normally, they too will become entrained 
to that vibration. They will become more intuitive. They will become more aligned because, you know, everything is is attraction and energy-based. And so when you are around someone that's super present, you can't help but, you know, get there yourself. So no, I don't hypnotize people. We don't we don't do anything special, but it kind of mm-hmm. organically and naturally because as you are with someone that is in that state and really plugged into their intuition, you know, it is natural for you to plug into it too. And I also will direct people too, because I will watch people and sense people going in and out of, you know, that present state. And so I will, I will nudge people back to presence where I can. And look, sometimes we just need to vent and, you know, I respect that. Sometimes I need to vent too. But unlike traditional counseling, which can sometimes be a complaining fest in a sense that it doesn't solve the problem. It just, you know, you feel good for 30 seconds and then you walk out of the office and, you know, (laughs) you just, you just, it was just a lot of problem talk. Um, You know, I bring people towards resolution and solutions. And again, when we hear our guidance, it's always going to to show us the next steps. It's always going to give us those aha moments. And, you know, there's a healing shift, even just, even just when I'm reading a child for a parent for the first time and that child is being heard, like that's healing. That's deeply healing and transformative right there. Even if nothing else changed, that would be a major, major event in, and that, you know, that would be resonant for the rest of that child's life. And when you said, you said reading a child, is that what you said? Yes. I'm tuning into their energy. I'm tuning in by yourself and I'm receiving guidance from them, for them. And so sometimes I'm tapping in and and giving, you know, the parent a child's perspective. For example, uh, one of my favorite fun things that I do are intuitive uh, college college consultation sessions. And I've been doing this now for a really long time. It's super fun. And oftentimes it'll start something like this. A parent will come to me because they're just like, you know, overwhelmed by, you know, trying to force their child, you know, to listen to their incredible source of wisdom over where their child should go to college, which is, of course, the first, you know, for, for children that do go to college is the first, you know, independent decision they often make of consequence, right? So they they really want to be heard in this one. And parents, too, it's their kid's first big decision. So the parents, too, you know, they, they don't want them to mess it up. So invariably the parent will come to me and they'll be all stressed out and, you know, my guidance will come through and, and explain to them the child's perspective. You know, your child is thinking that they want to go to this college because of X, Y, and Z. And the parent will soften to their perspective and be like, oh, okay, now I get it. Will you talk to my child? And the, I'll do a reading with the child and the information that will come through will often be the parent's perspective or sometimes even not the parent's perspective, but often the higher perspective, which, you know, sometimes parents really do know stuff. So I've had sessions where, you know, once the child has been heard, quote unquote, by the parent, then my guidance will come in and give the child perspective and the child will end up doing what the parent wanted them to do all along. You know, so that's one of my favorite examples of helping people. And and by the way, in this scenario, they're not both in the same room together, but I could facilitate that too with my counseling skills. But it's just, it's just around that deeper listening. And so sometimes our kids just really need to be heard. And I'm able to tune into that their energy and give them that voice. And sometimes too, you know, and and I think any great counselor does this when they're talking to you, but I can just tune into someone's energy and they don't even have to be present. Um, sometimes, you know, it's communicating those longings and wants and needs and perspective that's just below the level of consciousness. So we hear it and we're like, yeah, 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 that's what I mean. But we're maybe not allowing it or hearing it completely with our mind. And so sometimes I can do that as well. 
you know, for my clients, both the parents and the children, so that they really are understanding themselves in the situation on that deeper level so that we can free that stuff that's right below consciousness and have a clear view of the situation. Beautiful. And when you were describing how you work with your clients, I couldn't help myself but think like, oh my gosh, if we were like that with our children, you know, so, so present is just so, so important and, and, be, and it would be such a gift for, for everyone. So. And we can learn to be, we can learn to be. And this is like one step in that process. I often say when people do individual readings with me, I mean, I teach intuition development, I teach intuitive parenting, I, you know, do group coaching and counseling. So I do all those beautiful things. I do um, traditional counseling too, if you're located in the state of Connecticut where I am still licensed. But even a reading, you know, with each time you're in that resonance and you're in that space, it it deepens that connection and trust in you. It awakens something in you. So even that is a step in that direction. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. So um, I'm going to shift a little bit back to kind of you, you as a parent, and you mentioned that you have children. How many children do you have? I have two children. Two. And what is the age of the eldest? My eldest is 26. 26. So if you were to go back 27 years ago, when you were expecting your first child, what wise words would you tell yourself knowing all that you know today? You are amazing. You are incredible. You are in for the ride of your life. So buckle up. Um, <laughs> and I love you so much. Oh, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, thank you, Victoria. A- any parting words that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, just that we're all intuitive and that we all have those moments, you know, those super conscious moments when we know something in our bones and, you know, in that loving, kind, gentle and and deep spiritual way and that it always guides us. It's always guiding us and um, listen to it more, you know, invite your kids to listen to it more and uh, no, you don't have to get it 100% right. And, but you know, the, that intention to tune in, it's magical. So I just, I hope listeners will, um, will hear that and embrace it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Victoria, for, for your wisdom today and being on the Art of Parenting. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Art of Parenting podcast. And if you did, please share it with your loved ones and make sure to leave a review so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.